0: You are locked on Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello,
1: everybody! Back at it again. Jeff Lloyd, your host of Locked On Browns. Uh, can to continue today to you know start to you know shift to off season mode? We're going to talk some thoughts on the 2020 season. We are going to start peeking ahead to free agents that may have a fit here for the Cleveland Browns. Peek ahead to the draft. Um, If we're going to do all this, there's only one way to do it. Um, And that is with good friend Stephen Thomas at Browns Mock Draft on Twitter from the OBR, the Orange and Brown Report. Steve, my good friend, buddy,
0: how are we doing? hanging in there i think i finally uh finally recovered enough to accept that it it that it's over it was so hard to let that just to to accept that fact to let that be real just because i mean it felt like every single week for the last eight weeks or something like that it was okay a new set of challenges how are they going to get around it they figured it out they kept it going and they're going to do it again and like literally up until they converted the Chiefs converted that last fourth down I believed that they were going to find a way again so but today I'm going to I think I'm starting to turn a corner the sad is turning into okay you know I've got enough time and distance to appreciate the great season how much fun it was and start to like you said start to peek ahead and start to look uh, at uh, how close we are and what we can do to to take that next step next year towards uh, maybe uh, hoisting that Lombardi trophy for the first time
1: uh wow, Steve. Yeah. Now, uh, I think for me, the last couple of days is is still kind of been more of a pinch me. Like, did th- th- this really happen? Um, you know, <laughs> and, and to be here and say, oh, you know, we were, you know, maybe one drive away, you know, from playing for the AFC Championship game again, uh, just a, a pinch me moment. Uh, Steve, I think you, you know, you hit on it pretty well. Uh, you look at this on a whole as, as far as. You know, what has gone on um, with this team? And then, you know, starting to taste some success, building the record well above 500. And then the injuries, then, you know, the three week or so, you know, COVID scare where nobody had any idea what was going on, who was in, who was out, who truly was sick. I mean, I still don't think we have a true determinant, you know, determination of all that, of what these poor guys went through. Um, but succeeding within those times Um, and a lot of these players obviously getting their first opportunity to taste the playoffs. Coach Stefanski, you know, sadly did get to coach in a playoff game, Um, but this staff, this regime, the way it's built uh, going on this pretty magical ride and, you know, doing it, having to, you know, burden some really, really difficult times, you know, week in week out here towards, you know, the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think if you're looking for one line of, of uh, I mean, it was challenging from the beginning of the offseason. We, we all know what everybody's been through since last March. But I think if you're looking for a specific day where it really ramped up is the Saturday before the Jets game because, you know, they had gone into New York the week before. They had beaten the Giants. Everything was set up well. They had a chance to go in and play the one-win Jets and, you know, clinch the playoffs and all the other stuff that they were talking about doing. It was just... It was setting up perfectly. And then we had that bomb dropped on us 24 hours uh, before the kickoff in New York. And every single day since then has just, well, you know, up until Sunday, just felt like uh, just a slog. I mean, the pressure, the the constant pressure of, you know, just a fan, like you said, who's going to be in, who's going to be out. It all started that Saturday uh before the jets game and you know you said you know what these guys went through and let's just quickly if any of the guys are actually listening uh thank you for putting yourself out there putting yourself in uh frankly in danger uh so that the rest of us will have a uh, uh the distraction that we had from the everything you know that's gone on for the last month thank you guys for that um but yeah it was just you you would have loved to have seen them at least get the ball at the end, one more—just get a shot. Get your best unit out there, and the offense was definitely the best unit this year. You would, of course, have loved to seen that, but now with a little time and distance, as frustrating as it was in the moment, I don't—I don't really see how anyone can be, in any way, shape, or form, disappointed with what happened with the Cleveland Browns this year.
1: Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and, you know, we're still getting the nitpicking, and uh, you know, I'm more of you know steve one of your favorite homer simpson giving skipping through the do about all this uh we understood <laughs> you know it wasn't a complete product yet sure uh and and there was going to be work to be done um you know which we're going to maybe start talking about that work here shortly enough but i mean you know, the confidence you get and then you listen to andrew berry today and you know andrew berry I, I think did an eloquent job of not saying a lot but saying a lot by not saying a lot type mm-hmm, of thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think we understand, you know, what's emphasized for this team. Uh, and, you know, look, it's just, you know, these decisions will be made. You're not going to come out as Andrew Berry here today and say, oh, well, he stinks. He's not here anymore. Um, oh my God. My eyes are on him. I can't wait to replace three players on our roster. If we can get our hands on this guy, right. it's not the time <laughs> or the place, but it's more of, you know, kind of painting a picture of, you know, I am really proud of what our guys did. We have a vision of what we need going further. And just like, you know, you signed John Kelly yesterday to a future contract, this general manager, this regime, and this head coach, this, ro- this team, this roster, how it's run, this is every day. It, it's, they are never lacking in the grind department.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as our mutual friend, Jared Mueller likes to say, this is what smart teams do. You know, this is, we're not used to this around here. We're used to, I mean, January is, you know, traditionally dysfunction month (laughs) around the Cleveland Browns and, and guys like you and me, we're, we're looking at coaches. We're looking at defensive coordinators. We're arguing about four, three versus three, four and this and that, you know, I mean, that's just been the thing. So having uh. You know, to coin a phrase, to use a coined phrase, having the adults in charge and having them all in agreement is a wonderful change, uh, and only sets up for more success next year. And I, I think that this group, especially their personalities, Kevin Stefanski's personality, would be great in any situation in the NFL. But when you look at the the COVID world that he came into, I think any other kind of personality trying to turn this ship around as far as they turned it in one year in this situation wouldn't have worked you needed somebody i you know what i'm gonna go a step further i'm not gonna say you needed somebody exactly like kevin stefanski i'm gonna say you needed kevin stefanski exactly for this um because this was you know at best i remember in august i said 10 and 6 and people thought i was wildly you know way too high And we thought this would be the year they learned to win. Next year would be the year that they snuck into the playoffs and learned that it was a different game once you get to the playoffs. And then the year after that was when they, well, they took two of those steps already this year. Not only did they get in the playoffs and learn that it was a different game, they learned how to win on the road in the playoffs, uh, you know, with, you you know, all the COVID stuff that was going on that week. So. I the, the possibility, I'm trying not to get too excited this early because there's a million steps and things that can go right or wrong between now and September when week one kicks off. But when you step back and look at it realistically on paper, it, it, it's as exciting as it's been since I was not yet old enough to drink in Cleveland.
1: No, old enough, you know, that's kind of legally, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> legally.
1: But however, though, uh, you know, Billy Price or whatever ID you probably had in that day. I <laughs> the same. Uh, but yeah, that's along the lines you're at. And, and the thing is, is now giving this regime a real shot, like football normalcy. Yeah, you know, I mean, and look, you know, uh, JC Treder spoken on this, and I, I think we're okay. And if we've learned. Anything from this season, you know, maybe some of the physical grind that's put on the players is a little bit too much. And look, anything, uh, any time a football player is on a field and doing anything, there's the risk of injury. Uh, So if you could at least eliminate that and keep it as close as possible you can to actual game action by eliminating some of these things, um, because the league went on, Uh, the season was a fantastic season. And this is with, you know, obviously so much being done through Zoom, um, which shouldn't be, you know, I'm sure us older folks, we've all had to learn how to cope with it. For these younger folks, that's nothing new. Uh, you know, they're within you know group chats or, you know, things like this all the time. So it, just giving them more of an opportunity to maybe do more work, more solid work, you know, with additions brought in. And the fact that it's not new for anybody anymore, you know, everybody knows what Coach Stefanski wants. Everybody knows what Andrew Berry expects of everybody. And these players now, it's you know, I've seen you at your best for almost everybody in this locker room. So I, you know, I, we know what each other each other are capable of. We are, know what we are capable of as one, which you know just gets you you know just gets you extremely extremely excited. Like Stephen said, for you know what can come here, we're going to get to some free agency talk. We're going to get this NFL Draft Talk with Stephen Thomas as we continue to roll through on your Thursday Locked on Browns. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for more important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Random example, the Adelphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005, 2010 to Honda Odyssey, $353.99 at advanced auto part for just two to $116.79. You can get it at rockauto.com. You can then use something like YouTube or if you have a friend, f- work together and get it handled and save yourself almost 50% in the process. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to RockAuto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Are we ready for AFC and NFC Championship Games Sunday? 305 at 640 kickoffs for the games on Sunday. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Not only do we have championship weekend in the NFL, NHL, NBA, college basketball, all. From Bet Online, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. And now that we've told you all about BetOnline.ag, be sure to check out Locked On Bets with uh, with our host Q, who also does Locked On Raiders. Does a fantastic job! Go ahead, check that out. Maybe get a little advice if you got the itch and you need to scratch it. Free agency, Steve. Uh, last year, uh, you know, the offensive side of the ball I was extremely, extremely addressed. This year, somehow, someway, the defensive side is probably going to have to get the same, you know, kind of Christmas shopping list experience. Could be big, could be inexpensive. Some names. All sides of the ball, Stephen Thomas, that you think could fit. And maybe instead of playing for an AFC championship game, we could talk about perhaps hosting an AFC championship game.
0: Yeah, uh, it's interesting to see because so many dominoes have to fall, and the first one has to be the NFL has to tell all 32 teams how much money they have to spend. I mean, we, we don't even know what the cap is. Uh, if it's down near that 175, mark that we've heard for months that's going to really really change things than if it comes in at you know 190 192 which is basically flat you know if it comes in at you know 175 180 ish we're going to have a chance you know on paper anyway to do some you know black pearl style rating of teams like the the saints and the steelers and you know on a slightly different level the the rams and the the Seahawks and the um, Eagles, and you know, there's teams out there that are, they're going to have to not only not re sign guys who are free agents, but they may have to, especially New Orleans, they may have to actually cut or trade guys for pennies that are still under contract if it comes in really, really low. So it's interesting. Uh, I'm fascinated to see where that number comes in. The Browns don't have cap- the cap space they had three or four years ago, but they're still pretty comfortable. They're still okay. They can make some moves uh, if they want to. Um, I, I would expect, I would hope, that edge and uh, corner would be right at the top of the wish list uh, at the spending list. Um, so if you can get me a, you know a, a Trey Hendrickson or a Carl Lawson um, and mm-hmm. a uh, maybe a William Jackson and a Brian Poole or something you know something a haul like that, man are we set up great heading into the draft. now I don't know if all those you know uh, the numbers that those guys want are all going to fit under the you know what we want to spend, but something like that, something in that range, uh, I would expect at least one starter level corner uh, to be either traded for or picked up in free agency. Um, and i would I would think that they're gonna bring in a veteran edge uh, and not try to rely on a you know a day one or day two rookie to come in and play opposite miles. Um, so if you told me right now, just pick two guys that you know I'm putting my money down on and I desperately want it at the top of my wish list. I'm gonna go with uh, with Carl Lawson uh, and probably William Jackson. amazingly, two Bengals are two guys that. Uh, that I would love to see playing brown and orange next year.
1: Uh, it, it's it's actually kind of funny to even mention that when you're talking about oh well let's go you know pick off the Cincinnati Bengals tree, um, but they're uh, you know always in difficult times as far as spending and as far as you know the appeal um, of the franchise. Hope you will see you know how much Joe Burrow has uh, played a part in that um, last year. Bengals actually did relatively well compared to recent years. In free agency. Um, but there's there's not much doubt about it here. Um, you know, Terence Mitchell, as much as we all love Terrence Mitchell, and I think you know, I think Terrence Mitchell always seemed like he was, you know, an afterthought. And then it was uh, oh yeah, teammates, you're still starting. Uh and he's he's just done a fantastic job with it. Um, but you know, when you mention needing to get, you know, more athletic. Needing to get more speed, um, you have your you know concerns that that probably means that you know Terrence Mitchell's days here with the Cleveland Browns are you know are coming to an end. Uh, look, there's you can never have enough pass rushing, uh, and I think and and why I like the Carl Lawson matching is is the fact that he plays disciplined, very similar to Olivier Vernon. Look, the sacks you get, that's great, and it comes along with it. But it's just not one facet of his game from the defensive end position, mm-hmm. and I think you know it, it gets misconstrued, and it certainly did until Olivier got back to being the pass rusher that he had been most of his career. We didn't really get to see that much with the Browns, but having a smart, functional piece to the defense is something you're never going to turn your back on.
0: Yeah, and um, um, Brandon Thorne has that uh, uh, the new thing that he's putting out, high quality sacks, where he rates his yes. sacks. And there's a there's a piece to it. I saw it earlier this week, uh, and I'm generalizing here because I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but I think it's called Sacks Created. Um, sacks that the player himself doesn't get, but he's the one that caused the pressure and you know forced the quarterback to scramble directly into somebody else. And Lawson was top five, top eight, something like that in the league. And Sacks created like 11 sacks for other guys on the Cincinnati defensive line or some ridiculous number like that. And when you think about that in tandem with – Obviously, you know, a fully healthy Miles Garrett is just an absolute destroyer of worlds. And then, even just moderate play on the inside, I mean, you're talking about repeated, frequent, rapid, terrifying death for opposing quarterbacks 16 Sundays every year when you line up against Cleveland, which makes the guys on the back end job easier, which makes, you know, you get healthy. Uh, and get like you said more athletic on the back end and the defensive backfield. It makes their job easier because they only have to cover for you know two seconds instead of four seconds. Um, and, and you know, obviously, we all hope Greedy and Grant Delpit come back fully healthy and become the full version of what we all thought they could be. But at this point, I don't know that we can count on that. So, I yeah, I expect them to spend heavily uh, both in free agency and the draft uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And int- interesting. Little nugget came out. uh, uh, One of the guys from Mile High Huddle uh, said that uh, he's starting to get the feeling that uh, Justin Simmons may actually hit the market. And I know that maybe spending that much money on a safety um, might not be right in the wheelhouse. But if Simmons or John Johnson from the Rams actually hits the open market, Boy, would I be tempted uh, to drive a dump truck full of money to either one of their front yards and put them? You think about them, Grant Delpit and Ronnie Harrison. Um, boy, mm-hmm. that's a that 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 is a fearsome trio that can interchange a lot and help you disguise a whole hell of a lot of things on the back end of that defense next year.
1: Yes, and you know, for you know the Joe Woods, you know, uh, people uh, with Joe Woods. Ish- issues which are just non existent. Um, this man needs some more talent, and mm-hmm. you know, he has a vision of what he wants to do. This is why we had a defensive coordinator basically giddy every time mentioned a certain second round pick, up until unfortunately his Achilles blew out over the summer because the intentions were high. The intentions were extremely mm. high for what they thought Grant Telpett was going to be able to do to this defense. Um, <clears throat> Now, with Justin Simmons, obviously, and this was the one John Costco had brought up the other day, um, as the probably dream scenario. And this is probably one player that puts Joe Woods, you know, not even on the highway, you know, to what he wants to accomplish with his secondary. If the, the drive's over, I mean, he, he's there <laughs> he now. Completed the drive, um, and with look, Denver. Cleveland was beating down the door. Uh, you know, they've been trying to beat down the door of the Denver Broncos. For Justin Simmons, Um they were ready to offer, and for now, the possibility of not having to give up anything other than a check to Justin Simmons himself—he uh, hits that market. You certainly have to believe the Cleveland Browns are going to be major, major players.
0: Yeah, you would think so, um, because you know he like like what I think they expected from Grant Delpit. He can do so many different things. Um, and you just, when you were talking about Delpit going down with the injury, I thought about how much they were looking back now that we saw it all unfold, how much they were counting on him. You think about if he and, and Andrew Billings were both on this defense, just those two guys, even if all the rest of the injuries and all the rest of the COVID stuff happened exactly the same. If you had those two guys, drastically different look, uh, on that defensive, uh, side of the football, um, It's going to be – I mean, we all hope he can come back healthy and he's young enough and and the reports are all that he's ahead of schedule and he's going to be great, but Achilles is a big deal. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, But if he can come back and be the Grant Delpit that they think – yeah, even if he he does, if you have a chance to get Justin Simmons, like you just said, I I don't think you hesitate for even a a blink of an eye to make the offer. Now, whether he ends up coming here or not, you know, different sometimes the market plays out and it just doesn't fall in your favor but yeah if you can get that well then now the back end of your defense is completely set you get a guy like carl lawson now the front end of your defense is completely set now you go into having four top 100 picks knowing that corners and you know maybe a linebacker and a wide receiver you know a speed guy those are your targets and it really cuts down on the guys you have to research um so yeah, I, I am actually expecting them to be rather aggressive in free agency, and I'm still, as you and I have talked about for a few months now, with this cap situation. I'm very interested to see what happens in the trade market if it comes in at or below a certain number for the league.
1: Um, yeah, because there's certainly some general managers um, probably just sitting around pacing, going, "Man, oh, yeah," <laughs> uh, and, you know. I mean, it's, it's just a difficult spot to be in. Um, you overextend yourself because you're chasing. Uh, a possible Lombardi and then something like this happens and it could take what was a three to four year plan and essentially cut it down to a one year plan. Um, So certainly there is that avenue of it, which is quite, quite interesting. Um, But yeah, Justin Simmons hits it. And you keep in mind, you know, they're they're not paying anybody at the safety position right now. Uh Um, So there is that aspect to that as well. We're going to get to a little bit more here. With Steve and we'll shift in, you know, uh, NFL Draft Time. Uh, you can check out everything on the OBR as Steve has been diligently at work over there. Uh, so stick around with us and you know we'll kick it over, talk a couple NFL draft prospects. As sadly, the Browns, although late to it this year, are now in off-season mode. If you were not listening to Lockdown NFL, which is now hosted. Daily, uh, it's it's split up here. Um, you know, Mondays, you get Peter Bukowski, uh, rotating hosts on a scheduled basis. Uh, that's the way Lockdown NFL works now. Um, getting some of our you know voices out there, giving them more of an opportunity to get more content out there. So make sure you're checking out on Lockdown NFL, who I am sure will have you guys covered for championship weekend. And of course, some dedication to offseason for other franchises who are now in that mode. Steve, we got the news of the NFL Combine, and I guess as we know it, most likely not going to exist this uh, exists this year. Um, and you know, great event. Uh, it's 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 one of my favorite sporting events. The four to five day period. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you go from the interview process. Um, and then there's always, you know, oh, this guy, you know, everybody, uh, he tests like crap. Ah, oh, he just, well, he just had a vertical jump of 43 inches, so I don't know what this test on like crap idea was, or the, you know, <laughs> you're kidding me. He really only runs a 461, like you know, things of that nature. And right. you know, we'll see how it works this year. But everything's different. Everything's crazy. But for now, the 2021 NFL Draft scheduled to be hosted in Cleveland, Ohio. We'll see how all that comes to fruition as well, praying for better days, so at least we can maybe get some aspect of that in the NFL draft here from Cleveland. Steve, um, some eyes. Uh, you know, I know you've been busy. I know you've been diligent. I've been seeing the tweets all Saturday long, college football-wise, um, and obviously the uh, article's being written. Um, interesting class is, is how I would describe it. And I would say it's, it certainly has taken some hits as far as, you know, players who went back. Um, But I think maybe just some kids in a tough situation, not knowing where the world is. And, you know, look, A, number one, I'm never going to fault a child, a a kid. Look, I'm a dad. I would never fault a child for getting further educated. Um, But maybe, you know, who knows, best decision, not best decision to forego. Um, but this is what happens when you deal with a deadline situation here, and basically you have to make that you can't make a decision based on what you think will be four months from now, five months from now. You have to make a decision four four months from now, five months from now, but you have to make it by January seventeenth, January eighteenth. I should say.
0: Yeah, Uh, and it's 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 complicated even more this year, obviously by the COVID stuff, but I. The 18th was declaration day but then the nfl put out that press release what three four days ago something about the march 1st deadline that if you're a senior and you you know you have to let them know by march 1st whether you're going to use that extra year of eligibility that they've granted because of covid guys might be able to come back and all that kind of so i'd i i do not even know if until march 1st we're going to have the list like we, we normally do on declaration day mid January, we know you know who's in who's out there might be more changes I, I didn't really fully understand what they put out so i'm waiting for. Kyle Brandt and some of the other lawyerly type people to to sort of explain it, but it, that's going to be fascinating and a lot of these guys might be who are going back, it might be. I mean, last year we saw because everything was virtual, it was exceptionally difficult for UDFAs and day three guys to break through because they just didn't have the opportunities Mm -hmm. to get in front of people. And now we know, at least they know ahead of time, that that's the situation again. So that may be playing into some of, you know, especially the day three guys uh, that may be playing into some of their uh, decisions to go back. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know what's going to happen with, you know, they're talking about basically just, Doing pro days, uh, which means somebody out there is going to run a you know a three six forty, uh, <laughs> you know pro pro day three times six are. thirty, but they'll call it a forty, of course. Yeah, <laughs> um, and like you said, who knows if it's going to actually happen in Cleveland, um, or if it's going to go virtual again, and they'll bump. Uh, Cleveland back a couple of years like they did with Vegas, but yeah, it, it's it's going to be so weird. It's going to be a little bit better this year than it was last year because last year it was all brand new and it was sort of thrust upon us at the last second and nobody had a clue what was going on. At least this year we know going into it, it's going to be way more Zoom. There's going to be no on-campus visits. There's going to be no this, no that, no everything else. So um, I think, and I am curious to see if you agree with me, I think that this type of situation having a you know, for lack of a better word, a group of nerds like Andrew Barry and the rest of those guys will be a giant advantage in a situation like this because you're going to be relying way more on data and numbers and production and, you know, that analytics, you know, scary word for some people, than you are just getting and looking a guy in the eye and and get taken the measure of him you know face to face and that kind of stuff so i, I think it's going to help the browns especially on day three but i'm curious to hear what you think about that
1: i i'm 100 with you um because the way this is done now through an analytic front is you know you're gonna you almost gonna have like like a two the sheet's gonna have everybody's names to the left But you could almost literally take something, cover all the names, and then we're going to go, we had him on film as a top 45 player. He tests athletically like a first-round player. He produces like a first-round player. And then you lift that up, and now we start going to say, oh, that player, the way we view him, him, oh, that's him. Oh, that's him. Oh, that's him right because it, the the checking of the boxes and you know through the analytical lens is what you're doing and it is all about all the information you can get in on said guy yes i'm not saying they're ignoring speaking with him they're not ignoring off field of course that right. stuff goes into it but what builds the guy up under the analytic lens is everything you see when you go to look at a new car, so to speak, zero to 60. you know and all those bells and whistles. That's what's going to raise the names, upset board. And then the decision will be, well, that's a shame because he is a fantastic athlete. He had great production. He played, you know, started two and a half, three years at the college level but he's an idiot off the field. So yes, he made five out of five here, but toss that sucker to the left because yeah, put him in the, in the B pile because he is now automatically day three. So I absolutely think this will probably, and the one thing is it's you're going to hopefully one thing you will avoid here is the, the coach who fell in love with someone through the process. Just because you really, really liked the kid or you really, really clicked, and we've seen this backfire before. Um, with analytics, it's going to come down to the analytics first. And hey, I am not going to tell this franchise after what they just did in less than one year on the job that their way is the wrong way in any way whatsoever. Steve. Before we start putting a ball on this, we got to get some names, buddy. Come on now. And I do believe you were going to talk about and mention at least at some point a certain player from the Golden Dome of South Bend, India.
0: Yeah, well, I think, I don't think, uh, you know, uh, Koromoa is a secret uh, anymore and his versatility um, to do. The will never that, be
1: there at twenty-six.
0: Yeah, well, no. No way in hell, of course. Obviously. Nobody will. And here's you know, to yes. you. No way in hell, God. Nobody will be there. They'll all be gone. I had actually somebody actually asked me. Uh, uh, are there starter level players available at 26 is because we've never drafted there before, apparently. And I was just like, Oh my, where do you,
1: you want to know what what? to be fair. If you're not somebody that really, really follows the NFL draft and you've always been a Cleveland Browns fan, that's not the worst question I've ever heard. (laughs) Well, it is weird. And the other thing, the other thing could be as well though, is, you know, the
0: Browns are this good.
1: Are you looking essentially at a starter at 26? It's not that I've heard worse. I've definitely heard worse.
0: Yeah. I mean, but I was just like, you know, there's 32 rosters with 53 guys and 16 guys. It's what 1600 players or whatever. Do you think they were all drafted top 10? I mean, it was just, it was just, it was a silly moment. I, I, I kind of giggled at it, but yeah. I mean, if you look at it and obviously lots and lots of stuff between now and then, but If you forced me right now before taking into account any free potential free agency or trade acquisitions, you'd be really hard to talk. As much as I love Coromoa, you'd be really hard to talk me into anything but an edge or a corner unless the board just really falls where nobody is close to the value at 20 you know um those are those are the impact positions those are the you know they they affect the ball far more than most of the others so i and i think i think as the rankings are right now there's going to be some guys in that range that fit the value and the mole the mole uh of what you want there i mean i took eric stokes in the first round uh in today's weekly mock draft but you know, if a guy like a JC Horn or, or something like that happens to to drop there, I mean, I, I you, you wouldn't have to ask me twice, you know? I mean, you're looking at guys like uh, uh, Joseph Asai or uh, Aziz O'Gilari, um Jalen Phillips, if his medicals uh, check out. The medicals scare the mm-hmm. crap out of me, but if the Browns brass decides that you know, they're OK with it. Like you said, hey, what they did in one year, I have no doubt they can do it again on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to trust their work. I'm going to throw one name in there. And it's a guy that you and I are familiar with. Um, he's not getting first round talk right now, but I'm hearing he's made a meteoric rise. And by the end of it, especially if he has a good uh, uh, draft cycle, he may get some of that fringe Day one uh, talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw uh, an outsider's name in here, and Melafonwu from Syracuse. Um, mm-hmm. The first time I picked him in one of my weekly mocks, it was like the fifth round, and I had people all up in my mentions saying it was a reach, and I've never heard of this guy. Blah blah blah. blah. And then you and some other folks that are you know connected around the league have told me I just I just kept saying, man, this guy's. Good. He's just really, really good. And he's big and he's fast and he's strong. And then you, you said that he, the league likes him a lot more than the media. And now I saw Dane Brugler, our mutual friend, who's probably, mm. if not the best, among the best in the draft business. He gave him to the Browns at 59 in his mock in the athletic last week. And I keep hearing that he could go even higher than that. So it may sound crazy right now, but depending on how the board falls and what they do in free agency and yada yada yada, also plays into it. But if they're looking at a corner in the late twenties, I'm not writing uh, Malafonu out yet. I mean, the dude is six three two twenty, but he moves like a slot corner, and he's got ball skills for days, and he's he's nasty, and he's everything you want in a corner this guy has it so I, I i'm not writing him out of the day one conversation just yet um well but here's where it kind of gets
1: interesting with him obviously uh you know the family name if you guys remember um safety from yukon um and i was close with that situation uh and now the same agent is representing here um so and the belief is going to be he is going to test very similar to his brother. Um, his brother ended up having uh, basically degenerative knee issues, um, and never really got the opportunity um, due to the you know uh, the injuries. But smart players, um, the hell, look, if you're smart players who can produce, and you're going to put together a you know basically an Olympic type workout, people are going to notice, and people are certainly <laughs> going to be willing to invest in that. And the early rumors are yes, uh, the <clears throat> testing will be off the charts, for- freaky. Yes, I mean, and there's there's these guys, and you know they're the you know everybody always talks about the Bruce Feldman list, you know the freak list or whatever. Um, but everybody's expecting performance from this young man that is going to be you know going to be labeled you know near the Byron Joneses of the world back in the day of athleticism.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, I, I, if you, if you're throwing late day one slash early day two guys, and those are all, I think, you know, 25 to 35, maybe even 38, even 40. That's one bin to me. That's generally one bin. Um, I I have him there. I have Stokes there. Um, I know Asante Samuel has a lot of fans in that range. Greg Newsome is rising up really rapidly. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you take, A guy like Samuel or Molden, who are more slot guys that high, I I personally wouldn't have a problem with it, but I don't know if the league uh, would do something like that. Um, We mentioned the edges. I mean, I guess you got to throw Owe in there, too, for an analytic type uh, uh, group. He's a freak show. Um, And then, you know, some of the guys, uh, Treon and Washington and people like that who didn't play this year. um, It's really, really hard to peg where guys like that are going to go Jalen Twyman falls into that. If he'd played this year and did anything like he did last year, he would be, you know, be talked about as an early day, two guy, maybe a day, one guy, uh, along the interior. Um, but it just seems to me from the one year sample size that we have and what we know about Andrew Barry's system and guardrails or whatever word you want to put on it, that the high impact positions are the ones that go. On day one, which leads me to believe that as much as everyone desperately yells about linebacker, it's, I mean, it can happen, <laughs> but it, I'm not ruling it out completely, but it, it ain't. It, I'll tell you what, you could nice be one surprising. Here. It, it ain't would be
1: very surprising. Happening. You know, they invested um, less money into this linebacker unit than Joe Schobert got, and they did better than they did for what they invested the money into it. There may be a rookie brought in who's going to be cheap. It's not going to be first round, but this is not changing. They viewed this as this one, what they put into it, what they got out of it. They view it as a win. They're not going, smart people are not going to do things and then have it work out and say, you know what, we should really throw some money at the linebacker position now. That's not how smart people work.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and I've said all along, I mean, I can see a path to it, especially at 26, when you get closer to the back end of the first round. If they have a big free agency and make a major trade or, you know, whatever, and the board falls a certain way and they're just in love with a guy like Davin Collins or uh, uh, Nick Bolton at Missouri, who's a tremendous player, uh, I, 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 maybe, maybe, but it would be very, very surprised. I would also be very surprised if they took a wide receiver that early. I'm not on that train um at least not for this year I'm thinking mid to late day 2 is more uh in the range maybe even wait till early day 3 depending on the board and what happens in the rest of free agency but
1: which they were ready to do which they were ready to do with Donovan Peoples Jones but he just kept sitting around and sitting around and sitting right. around and they were like fine sixth round we'll take him exactly
0: so you know yeah I, it just I mean, yes, you can make a case for a lot of different things happening, and that's part of the fun of the draft process is you never know. but all indications are the impact positions, edge, corner. And if they don't sign anybody, maybe if they fall in love with a safety, that would be my third uh, pick. But if it's not if you force me right now to say two and only two, edge and corner, I, I'd be very surprised if it was anything outside of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I, I think for the down. most part, I'm there. Of course, you know we'll see what free agency does bring us. And one other thing on the name of Mr. Metlafan, Um, you do have to understand, Chase Claypool's role is going to grow with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm, good and point. You're going to have to find some sort of body type to maybe match with that. Um, Denzel Ward. That's not the best. It's just not a great matchup for him. Not a knock on Denzel by any means, but when you're giving up 35. 40 pounds four inches it's a tough tough matchup mm-hmm. for a young guy uh, so you might want to think you know if you can find this bigger bodied corner with athleticism for days it may be a good match here it's always a blast with Steven Thomas. Um, Stephen now and has been for a while with the OBR bringing his uh, his passion uh, the writing just gets better and better as Steve gets more comfortable with it. Um, you're still going to get the right amount of silliness because this is Steve. And let's just be honest, he's going to do things the way he does it. And we appreciate it. But make sure you check everything out from, uh, obviously, Steve and, uh, the family at the OBR. As we always say when we talk to guys from the OBR, with your respect, we always know who is working. Make sure you're following at Browns Mock Draft. The show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow-back account. DMs are open. Me, personally, at Tiff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review. Guys, it's the off season. Please keep those coming here. We got to keep this party rolling for your Cleveland Browns. This has been your daily delivery of all things talkbound. Pound. LGB on the L Let's go Browns.